Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Yes, indeed a roo. Indeed a roo. I don't know why I said that. That's not a phrase that I use often. Or ever. Indeed a roo. Weird. It sounds Australian. <laughs> oh god, off to a terrific start. This show is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. So that's what I'm going to do. If you have not consumed some of this media, I warn, because I don't want to ruin it for you. I don't want to spoil it like a overripe, overripe, overripe plum, an overripe plum. Plums are the, you know, there, there's some fruits out there, you eat them and you die, right? But at least those you know. You know if you eat it, you're going to die with a plum. It's like, could be good could be disgusting and the 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 window of goodness is so small that i have found the older i get the more uh, reticent i am to try plums <laughs> what the fuck am i talking about but i do like that as a title let's see reticent to try plums uh yeah i'm reticent to try plums that's a, that's a good title of a podcast. So that might be the title of the podcast. I'll tell you what, if you are playing this and see that it's a title, it is. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's, uh, I suppose, because I've uh, run out of insane things to talk about, uh, push a button that will take us into the first segment like this. monologue today's movie monologue sponsor is the mcdowell's bto meal thank you for that sponsorship movie the first coming to america and this is not coming uh, um this is coming with the, the number two to indicate that it's the second movie in what is a two movie series now for some reason Yes, Eddie Murphy is back, and the role of, oh, what the hell is even the name? I don't, uh, Prince Akeem. We've got Arsenio Halls there. We've got all the old cast, really, with some new additions. Now, the problem is, it's a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah, uh, I, I typically, on this podcast, don't say bad things about movies. I tend to, you know, I I'll maybe throw out the odd two Three is enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. Uh, this movie, I'm going to give a one because while I didn't turn it off, which is what I normally reserve ones for, uh, the only reason I didn't is because I decided to do things while it was on because it was just so, so bad. Not funny. Yeah. I, I don't think I laughed one time. Um, 
acting. Eddie Murphy's been away from the game for a while, and I think it is obvious. Sad to say. Sad to say, because, you know, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, back in the day, he did some, uh, you know, you get your Beverly Hills Cop, you get the first coming to America, which I think is maybe one of the other issues, is uh, uh, the first coming to America, a great movie, a great premise, you know, taking this uh, uh, African prince, basically hiding out, is it Chicago? Shoot, I forget what city it is. Uh, Hiding out in America. In uh, in sort of a city and sort of adjusting to that, but in this you don't have that. Yeah, you lose that. They try to, and I don't su- think succeed, switch it uh, so that uh, 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 they have his son, his bastard son, uh, uh, needs to make the adjustment uh, from America to Africa. But uh, I feel like they either don't explore it basically at all. Or when they do, it's it, it, it's it's not done well. I felt racist watching this movie as well. Uh, I, I suppose you know a lot of African imagery is seemingly used uh, 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 and in ways that I don't think is good. But you know I'm not gonna you know uh, uh, stamp my uh, racist stamp on it f- for sure because uh, not my right to say as a uh, you know a cis white male, but. Still, it's a it's a feeling, a vibe I got. Also, quite a few musical numbers, or at least two. Maybe there was three. Yeah, just inexplicably out of nowhere. Um, we also had as the uh, I guess bad guy Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes was actually not that bad. Leslie Jones was good. You know, Tracy Morgan. There was moments of not horribleness. They should put that on the fucking box. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, watch coming. T.O. America, if you haven't seen it, enjoy that. Pretend coming to the number two America does not exist. It's just so, so bad. Ugh. Sad. It's sad that it's bad. Not at all rad. Movie the second. Black Widow from 2021. Ah, a good movie. Yeah, uh, finally I got around to watching this. Uh, I feel like I uh, sort of had it on my radar for a bit. Uh, heard good things about it uh, when it came out. And uh, we'll verify that it's good. Yeah, it's a it's just a good actiony movie. Uh, one thing I worry about of you know MCU movies with uh, like a Black Widow or uh, what's the Arrow guy? The, you know the guy with the arrows. But movies in which the main character doesn't have crazy superpowers and is just sort of a person that you know. Uh, can potentially make it less interesting or can it make it more interesting? You know, that's sort of interesting. It's the Superman problem and why uh, quite often people say Batman is way more interesting. Uh, it, it's it's easier and the stories are quite often better uh, uh, to write for Batman as opposed to Superman because with Superman, you know, he's invincible. What what are his issues? Uh, I guess you can always introduce Kryptonite, but then that's that sort of a, a, a deus ex machina is that what that's called no uh what's the word where there's just like a thing that solves the story's problems is that what it's called what's the word i'm thinking of anyways there's a word for that and uh that's what kryptonite is uh whereas in this you know it's uh stay albeit a super uh talented in terms of you know uh, fighting skills assassination uh, a super badass 
Uh, she is still just a human for the most part, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. She, I, I think maybe she's got some sort of powers. It's, it's never really explored. We meet her father in the form of uh, David Harbour. What do, what do I think it's pronounced? Arbour. Do you not hit the H? Um, who does have like a super strength and is, uh, well, not invisible, very, very tough. So uh, I, I guess we are to assume that some of that has gone down to uh, uh, Black Widow, a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, we meet her sister, played by Florence, oh boy, Pew Pug, Pug, huh? P-U-G-H, uh, playing uh, Yelena Belova. Yelena Belova. Uh, Rachel Wise, we've got in here, playing uh, their mom. She was great. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, quite a few uh, good performances in here. <laughs> David Harbour, actually. Like, uh, it, you know, overall, somewhat uh, a silly role a little bit. A little bit of comic relief, but also some moments of, uh, you know, where he felt like he really did step into the role of uh, a... a not their father, although he was, but sort of a someone who cares about these girls. Yeah, y you could feel it, I feel like. You could feel it, I feel like. Uh, so that I enjoyed. Rating-wise, jeez, I think I'd go a four. Yeah, yeah, pretty pr pretty solid four. Um, maybe a little less. <laughs> uh, the action was great, of course. And I think, just sort of along those same lines, maybe what allows the action to be... Uh, and I, I guess I specifically mean fight scenes to be good, is that, you know, it's a little more up close and personal, a little more uh, uh, believable in terms of uh, you know, humans fighting in sp uh, as opposed to, you know, superheroes fighting. People are not, uh, although I guess maybe they are sometimes, uh, you know, flying through buildings and uh, uh, destroying things with their eye rays and such. Although there is a shit ton of destruction, now that I think about it. An avalanche in particular comes to mind. Ooh, spoilers of an avalanche in the movie. Uh, yeah, Black Widow, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Moving on to The Starling from 2021. Oh, okay. The stars uh, Melissa McCartney, uh, Chris O'Dowd, he was great. Kevin Klein, he was great. Timmy, Timothy Oliphant, uh, he had a, a smallish role, but uh, he plays a good creep, apparently, uh, we learn in this movie. Uh, and, and not even a super creep, just sort of a, a, a bit of a jerk. But uh, I, I, I kind of wanted to see more of his character. Like, I wanted the movie to, to be about him more. Uh, let me read the IMDA. Uh, after, oh, geez, a long one. Okay, it's not that long. After Lily suffers loss, a combative starling takes nest beside her quiet home. Okay, true, I suppose. The feisty bird taunts and attacks the grief-stricken Lily. On her journey to expel the starling, she rediscovers her will to live and capacity for love. Yeah, uh, without giving too much away, although uh, uh, it, it happens... It's, it's very obvious, uh, you know, uh, what this is about fairly uh, soon in the movie. Uh, 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 Chris O'Dowd and her had a child who uh, died uh, from SIDS. Sudden, what is that? Sudden in infant death syndrome, which is fucking a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, and just on that note, uh, you know, if, particularly if you had kids, I imagine this would be a hard watch. And even without, uh, definitely very sad depressing explores depression uh especially in the form of uh, chris o'dowd who uh, had a suicide attempt and is uh, 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 currently residing in a 
home, uh, uh, like a, a treatment facility of some sort, where she's uh, uh, Melissa's visiting him. Uh, Kevin Klein is playing Melissa's doctor, Doctor Larry Fine, which uh, they make fun of because that's the name of uh, Larry from the Three Stooges, uh, Larry Fine. Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting choice. I wonder why they did that. Maybe just for that one joke. Hmm. Anyways, I liked it. Um. Rating-wise, I'll just go three and maybe a little less. Um, I felt a few times over the course of this that it was just sort of very blatantly obvious the emotions that they were trying to elicit from the audience, which, well, you know, I, I probably felt some of those emotions, you know, sadness, just so I can probably being the key one uh maybe hope maybe maybe some of that you know i felt them but i also feel like when i can sense that they are doing it i'm not going to feel those emotions as strongly and it sort of takes me out of a little bit so uh you know there's that uh it is a good sunday movie it's got that vibe that just sort of you know laying in bed with the missus putting on something sort of sad and depressing just sort of zoning out a little bit you know you'll get that i feel like there's better sunday movies uh but this is one of them i would argue uh what's a good sunday uh shawshank redemption you know that's always a classic one that pops into my mind when i think of a good sunday flick so watch that if you haven't seen it instead of The Starling from 2021. Moving on to, from 1992, Batman Returns. Oh, shit. Yeah, from my perspective, I'll give you a little behind-the-scenes action. It is December 24th. Hey, look at that. Uh, and if you have not seen this particular Batman movie, it takes place during a Christmas, or Xmas as I like to call it. Uh, let me read the image. I just wonder what it says. While Batman deals with a deformed man calling himself the Penguin, wreaking havoc across Gotham with the help of a cruel businessman, a female employee of the latter becomes the Catwoman with her own vendetta. That's a fucking long sentence, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's accurate. Um, this is the Keaton Batmans, which are, uh, you know, uh, Tim Burton... Just beautiful, bizarre. Uh, the bizarreness helped greatly by Christopher Walken. Fucking awesome in this, playing Max Schreck. Uh, Danny DeVito, of course, is the penguin. The Definitely the best penguin out of all penguins. Uh, I have a, a, My favorite Batman would be uh, Kevin Conroy, who uh, does the voice from the animated series and a shit ton of other things. Uh, Michael Keaton, I think, would be my second favorite Batman. Uh, uh, just incredible in the role. He is, you know what I, uh, I, I wish we had a little more of, uh, just with Michael Keaton in general. I think we get more in the first one than opposed to this one is him as Bruce Wayne. Like he does a really good Bruce Wayne, um, which, you know, don't sleep on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things of the role of Batman. I feel like is you gotta be good at both. You gotta be a good Bruce Wayne. You gotta have that little, little smarm maybe. Just, just like a dash, just like a dash of smarminess, uh, a confidence, a little cocky. And then, you know, the darkness from Batman, which, uh, he's, uh, I feel like Michael Keaton is definitely one of the more subtle Batman, Batman, <laughs> when it comes to the darkness of his past, like you see hints of it, obviously. And I feel like definitely we see it more in the first one, which sort of makes sense. Cause that's the origin story. Um, but you know he, he he's not out there going crazy 
uh, to the degree of it's definitely like a like a Christian Bale for sure. You know uh, that that sort of I am the knight. <laughs> like he he's a little more grounded. I feel like which maybe it's why I appreciate him uh, a little more. Uh, yeah, this is a great movie. Uh, great Christmas movie. Great movie movie. Uh, it, it, just insane things. Uh, delightful performances. Uh, these are the Batman movies of my youth, so it of course makes sense that I enjoy them. So 1992, I was born in 81. Yeah, come on, right in my wheelhouse. But funnily enough, which I was not surprising or was surprised about, I should say, uh, this the watching of this movie was suggested by the missus, so I did not see that coming. <laughs> I, 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 you know, of the movie she likes. I'm kind of surprised Batman Returns is one of them, but apparently she was a fan. I, I guess we were, since we're both the same age, like, uh, she's a little older. <laughs> By like a month. Uh, it, it was uh, interesting to hear that, that I guess she liked this as well from back in the day. But yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Same age. This, like, Batman of today wasn't really a thing yet. So when these movies came out you know, it was fucking huge back in the nineties. You have no idea if you are a, a young person, how big Batman was when it first came out with Michael Keaton. It just like everything was everywhere you turned, you saw Batman. It, I remember Coca Coke commercials, Coca-Cola, not with Batman, but with fucking Alfred. I remember Alfred Coca-Cola commercials. Insane. Uh, okay. I guess that's all I got to say about Batman Returns. Let's move on to the final film from this particular movie monologue. Uh, yeah, I also had not yet watched on a similar vein of Black Widow. I wouldn't watch Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, not dissimilar to Black Widow. This falls under the category of uh, uh, movies I just really never heard anything bad about. I, I, everyone I heard who t spoke of this movie said it was good. And, like Black Widow, I'm going to verify that yes, it was good. Uh, the Mrs. and I are huge uh, Kim convenience fans. So uh, to see uh, 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 Simu Liu... I actually don't know if that's how you pronounce that. Simu Lu? Yeah, I think it might be. Uh, we got, uh, uh, so it was nice to see him in the, uh, in the titular role <laughs> of uh, uh, Shang-Chi. I think I may have said that right. He said it right, uh, or he, he uh, uh, pronounced it on a bus. Uh, or no, I guess it was on a plane uh, with Aquafina where they were discussing his uh, quote-unquote real name and how he changed it from Shang to Sean that was his sort of westernized name I guess uh, uh, Shun-Chi the master of weaponry braced kung fu mm -hmm, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization the Ten Rings organization is run by his father who has these like ten armband ring things that go on his arm and are magical and give him superpowers and make him virtually immortal and he's lived for, you know, like a thousand years, this guy. Pretty cool. Uh, he, uh, sort of a, a individual who sought nothing but power and wealth uh, until he met a beautiful woman in a forest. <laughs> uh, then he decided to put the rings aside and uh, marry this woman and uh, age and uh, raise a family. However, then this woman was murdered. Uh, so he put the rings back on and then, uh, I guess, went to the dark side. 
as you do. Uh, then the family sort of like uh, split apart a little bit for a number of years. And uh, uh, Shang-Chi, Sean, was living in uh, uh, the U.S. Was it like San Francisco? Uh, where he meets uh, Aquafina, <laughs> playing uh, Katie. Yeah, Katie. She was great. Uh, you know, obviously, when it's Aquafina in a movie, I feel she does great uh, comic relief. I, I bet you she could do. It's a thing about comedic actors, uh, which I guess she is now, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like they could do both. Like they could do. If you could do comedy, you could do drama, and I bet you she could do drama. And there, there's, there's been hints of drama in her performances. I feel like this included. Uh, you know, the, the, the Asian daughter trying to, uh, 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 please her mother trying to get, uh, uh, not only, uh, love and respect, but, uh, that sense of, oh, you're, you're a good child or whatever, whatever happens in those Asian families with the pressure from the parents, you know, uh, who else do we have? Uh, Michelle Yeoh awesome she plays uh, 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 sort of a, a mystic uh, woman uh, uh, the I guess it would be Sh uh, uh, Shang-Chi's aunt hmm. uh, yeah and on the note of mysticism this does something I like in general uh, it, it, it's superhero movies or whatever uh, it, it has sort of fantasied it up a little bit it's added I don't know how much realistic uh, uh, Chinese lore, but uh, uh, some definite things that you will recognize. Uh, if you have any interest in that at all, I would recommend this film. What button? And I put, oh, uh, rating wise? Uh, yes, four and change. Yeah, uh, uh, four and change because I liked it a little more than Black Widow. Yeah, I, I like the ridiculousness of, you know, fighting atop a dragon for example for example does that happen in this yeah yeah it does television talk today's television talk sponsor is mr nimbus brand contraceptives thank you for that sponsorship all right, uh, I have uh, just completed uh, the other day, because it was uh, watching season five of Rick and Morty. Yes, finally got around to that. Uh, my, my sort of plan, uh, last season and previous ones as well, I think, I sort of watched them as they aired, which, while fun and interesting, is also a little bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, it's so much easier just to get them all, sit down, and just watch them all. And I basically, I think I watched them all in a day. Which, you know, uh, 10 episodes, 20-some minutes apiece. It's it's by no means onerous. In fact, it was a fucking fun day. Uh, what else did I do? I think I made something. I can't really remember. But I, I, I sort of made a day of it. A, a Rick and Morty binge day. And it was fun. And I recommend doing that in general. This particular season uh, started off amazing. Not that it got bad. It's just uh, the first two... Uh, particularly episode two called uh, Mortiplicity. The Smiths suspect they're being hunted, but who's even real? Yeah, so that was very, very cool. Where, uh, so Rick, I'm going to talk about this as if you sort of generally know uh, uh, about Rick and Morty, which is about, <laughs> oh, maybe I won't. It's about a uh, scientist, a uh, sort of mad scientist grandfather and his uh, uh, grandson, you know, traveling 
the universe, the multiverse, uh, different realities, and just about anywhere you could imagine one could travel to, they go to and get in all sorts of interesting and insane adventures. Yeah, put that on the box. Okay, don't, because it's not that good. Anyways, in the second episode, uh, because uh, uh, Rick has so many... uh, people trying to kill him just sort of on the regs he has apparently set up a couple of a, a fake sort of a clone yeah, I guess it would be clone yeah I'm just gonna use the word clone even though that might not be 100% accurate uh, clone versions of their family so that if say uh, an alien uh, species is looking for them for him to uh, you know myrtleize them uh, they will instead kill one of these uh, cloned uh, uh, false families however uh, he sort of had done a job too well, and the families uh, do not know that they're false families. Uh, so then they too uh, create cloned versions of themselves uh, for the self same reason. Uh, so uh, eventually he's sort of going around uh, uh, looking for these families and realizes there's a lot more than he initially created. Uh, and, and then the clones create clones and the clones create clones. And then there's sort of weird versions of them. Because, you know, as you create uh, uh, copies of copies, as we learned in the movie Multiplicity, uh, shit can go awry. Uh, and, and it's just... Uh, basically 20 minutes of the main characters of this television show being murdered. Uh, and at, at first it's, it's shocking that, oh, holy shit, the, the main characters of the show just died. Uh, and repeatedly we're sort of led to believe as the audience that the version we're watching is the real version, uh, but then they too die. <laughs> and then by the end we're basically not sure which is the real ones. I, I guess they sort of determine which is the real ones just by the fact that the, that the real ones would be the ones who survive. That's sort of how they, they kind of figure it out in the end. Yeah, that was uh, probably my favorite episode of the season. Uh, a season I highly recommend. Uh, we've got some Cenobites. That was a delight. If you're unfamiliar with Cenobites, what, have you not watched the Hellraiser movies? No. Uh, apparently because Hellraisers believe that, uh, pain is, pain is pleasure. They like hanging out with, uh, Jerry, who's very annoying. Jerry is the dad, uh, who, who is sort of cringe is, uh, how he's described in this. And, uh, uh, <laughs> Rick, uh, is sort of using him to pay off a debt to these, uh, they, uh, they never really call them Cenobites, I guess, because of, you know, trademark things. But that's what they obviously are. We, we don't have a straight pinhead, but we have a, a thing similar to that. We traveled to hell in this one, actually, which is fun. That's good times. Uh, we've got the president up here, who's great, played by Keith David. That's incredible. We've got traveling into uh, someone's mind to do stuff. Great stuff. I like it. Giant fighting robots, of course. All in all things you want to see in an insane show like Rick and Morty appear in the season. And it's easy, easy for me to give it a five out of five. So that's what I'm going to do. Five out of five. Internet intercourse. I like turtles.
Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Toys R Pocopy. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, I, I stumbled upon a uh, theme of this particular internet intercourse somehow, some way, uh, without meaning to do so. But uh, you know, it's a f- one of those fun podcasty surprises that'll happen from time to time. Uh, the theme of playing. Uh, firstly is Codemiko, who I've spoken of before. She is a, uh, VTuber, I suppose would be the technical term. If you don't know what that is, go down a VTuber rabbit hole, because that'll be fun. Uh, uh, basically it is a, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna peel back the curtain here for you a little bit. It is a real person who uses technology to appear as a simulated person, uh, uh, you know, uh, in video. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, for example, uh, I did it for a time, actually. Um, I would play uh, video games on Twitch, and instead of seeing, uh, uh, as is quite often the case, a webcam pointed at me, uh, showing me showing my face as I talk to chat or whatever, uh, I would have a uh, polar bear smoking a cigar that would sort of move with me uh, as my mouth would move, its mouth would move, uh, you know, fairly seamlessly. Uh, but but this girl, uh, Code Miko, man, she's got a rig that's got to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. It's just super impressive of uh, the sort of things she's capable of uh, doing with this, uh, with this tech. And I feel like uh, of any I've seen, she's at the sort of leading edge of it, so... Very, very cool. Uh, anyway, she's been playing Portal. Uh, uh, so, so that's been a, a sort of fun blast from the past. It's definitely made me want to play. I haven't played that in... Uh, I feel like that's a game uh, a game series since I would probably play two, I guess. That's... Uh, I want to dust off every every couple of years. Uh, and I feel like you could hop back into and, and, and have fun. And they're not long games either. So maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that for one of my uh, uh, librarian... Uh, yeah, maybe that's got some potential. Uh, speaking of, that's going well. Uh, uh, I'm up to episode 32. <laughs> I think I'm done until like June of next year. Uh, what that is, if you were to go on YouTube and type in Skyrim Long Play Librarian, uh, you could see me uh, RPing my way through the video game Skyrim as uh, the librarian. The librarian. Uh, so I've been having a lot of fun doing that. I've been having some computer crashes, which has, you know, thrown a few hiccups in. But other than that, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, check that out. Uh, not dissimilar to uh, Code Miko playing Portal. Um, and it, because she's sort of in character as this Code Miko. That's her real name is, well, I don't actually know. They call her the technician, the real person. But I forget what her real name is. Or don't know if I actually know what it is. Uh, yeah, so she's sort of role-playing herself playing this video game, which is sort of a, a little meta, but interesting. Uh, moving on to talking about people playing other people. Travis Willingham playing his new character on Critical Role, Chutney Puckapy. Uh Yeah, fucking a goddamn delight. Uh, uh, I think one of my, if not after one episode has, has turned into maybe my favorite character on the show. I, I love them all. I, I will say that, you know what? The only one I don't, uh, yeah, do I not, uh, what the hell is his name too? <laughs> well, see, that's the problem. Uh, uh, one of the characters 
you just sort of, I don't want to say bland, but it, seemingly there's not a great amount of depth yet. Uh, and I'm definitely going to underline yet because, you know, things are definitely possible in the, in the world of D and D for a character to develop things that give it a little more personality. But, but quite often it's just sort of there. Mm, okay. Well, that's, I didn't mean to say mean things. We're here to talk about Travis Willingham and Chetney Pockapi, the, uh, uh, gnome rogue. Yeah. Yeah. Gnomish rogue who spec who, who, who's a woodworker who specializes in making toys and is also old and uh, a little insane. And, uh, <laughs> has a bit of a, for some reason, uh, uh, immediately uh, developed a dislike to uh, 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 Robbie's character, Dorian, uh, which was a fucking <laughs> delight to watch. Uh, one thing about that, I've, I've, and I feel like I get this a lot on Critical Role, it's where I think I notice things, but also maybe they're just in my head. And what I thought I noticed was... Uh, Travis was, uh, uh, his character Chetney was, you know, uh, immediate dislike of, uh, uh, Robbie's character Dorian and sort of ragging on him and, uh, uh, uh not saying like overt, overtly mean things necessarily, just like treating him like a little, uh, <laughs> like uh, humorously bad, <laughs> like, yeah, you have to watch to see what I mean. But, uh, I, I almost felt like the others sort of jumped in, uh, uh, to prevent him from doing it despite the fact that it seemed like both Travis and Robbie were having fun with it it almost felt like the others and not all the others but some of the others didn't like it maybe uh, so in character sort of stood up for uh, Dorian which maybe their characters would do that but also uh, I, I, I felt like maybe Travis pulled back a bit and uh, stopped doing it to the degree to the hilarious degree he was which uh, I thought was a bit of a shame it, it, it's that sort of uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I imagined it. Maybe I didn't. Uh, he's only been, uh, there for one episode and, uh, uh very much looking forward to see what, uh, Chetney Pockapi has in store, uh, with this group. One thing I'm curious about is, uh, and Travis did this last campaign as well. So maybe will this, will he multi-class? I feel like he's working his way towards potentially doing a rogue uh, artificer multi-class which uh, uh doubly interesting because i am currently playing in a uh west marches campaign a uh, rogue who's a uh, level 13 arcane trickster just got my uh, uh my amazing ability to basically uh, as long as they're within 30 feet of me and I've got my mage hand to always have advantage on attacks, which is friggin' huge for a rogue, as you know, if you've ever played one. Uh, anyways, so uh, I'm going to be multi-classing for the next three levels, although that'll take me probably a while, uh, into uh, Artificer uh, Armorer is my plan. So uh, I wonder what or if he will do the same. I feel like just the fact that he is specializing in woodworking and toy making, that there's definitely some p potential there. Like maybe he'll go, um, he'll make one of those, uh, shoot, what is it called? Homunculus. Maybe he's working towards getting a homunculus. 
I don't know, just some thoughts off the top of my head, D&D thoughts, which I find I'm having a lot lately, although I haven't been playing a lot lately, which is disappointing. I'm, I'm getting my ba- my game back up and running um, in a couple of weeks. It's just, you know, between jobs, which uh, we'll probably talk about definitely on episode 600, maybe a little 599, uh, a new job and sort of figuring out scheduling and stuff like that. I just like had so much on my mind that it's hard to uh, hard to run hard to DM a game when you're in that frame of mind. I feel like, anyways, what has helped with that uh, craziness, the 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 fluttering thoughts, the 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 ever motion of my mind palace, sure, uh, is uh, something like Infinite Drift playing Minecraft. Ah, see, there's the playing. Codemigo playing Portal. Travis William playing Chitney Pockaby and Infinite Drift playing Minecraft. Infinite Drift is uh, just a YouTube channel I've stumbled upon. Um, not dissimilar to some things I've watched, uh, but I don't know if I've... Yeah... No, I, I I think I've watched some similar ones, but uh, 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 focused more on straight building, whereas Infinite Drift is also sort of traveling around and getting all the resources needed to build, you know, these uh, not super, super elaborate structures, just like a, you know, a cottage in the woods and uh, getting it set up, you know, real nice. And uh, I'm, I'm often more impressed, and this is definitely true of... Minecraft and Fallout 76 as well when it comes to base building. I'm often more impressed of the smaller, just superbly situated and decorated and organized, uh, 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 you know, little cabin or a little home or a little base as opposed to the giant, you know, super impressive and sometimes because of it more barren uh, uh, edifices. Um, one thing that I think particularly draw drew drawed 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 me to uh, infinite drift was the fact that the the first video of theirs that I watched um, I, I guess maybe it was a setting he had I guess it would have to be I, I haven't uh, I've played Minecraft you know since it came out <laughs> back uh, back in the mojang days Moang? mojang like uh, uh, before it was even widely known I've, I've been playing on and off you know every it's, it's another not dissimilar to portal it's another one of those things that every once in a while I'll just dust it off but i'm also not up to snuff with the sort of current minecraft and what it is so uh, I, I assume this is a setting which is uh, he had it on so it was always raining so as you can imagine just the sound of rain this just sort of very relaxed going around cutting down some trees getting some stone building your cottage in the woods getting the lighting right uh, you get little furniture here some some shrubbery here uh it was like two and a half hours long or so and I, i'd watch it over the course of a, a, a bunch of nights maybe i'm just saying maybe Get a little, uh, uh, a little puff of the old devil's lettuce before bed. Throw on one of these things, and my God, chef's puff, which is like chef's kiss, but puff because of weed. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, if that sounds like it's up your alley, I would recommend uh, Infinite Drift. But there's, there's also tons of uh, Minecraft building videos. It's just I remember I, I used to watch them. It sort of drifted away a bit and the ones that I used to watch were more just people building you know super impressive structures 
but more from the structure point of view and, and they weren't really gathering the resources. Also, there was times in this where I felt like he was like role playing something like actually role playing the, the, the character doing this build. Yeah. There were, there, there was certain, and maybe it was the weed, the alleged weed. Uh, uh, but there were, the, there were certain choices and, and things that he did or he, she, I don't know. Uh, uh they did, uh, that that made me sort of feel like maybe this person is like role playing this build, uh, and, and that added a sort of other layer, uh, which was was interesting. And I enjoyed it as I enjoy you, folks. Folks, uh, this will come out uh, quite a bit after Christmas, but because it's December twenty fourth, from my perspective, I will say, Merry Xmas, Happy Festivus, Have a good Hogs Watch, etc. It's nice. To be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper